This is episode number two of the Polyglot Developer Podcast, and I'm your host, Nick Raboy. Hey everyone, we have a very exciting podcast episode today. This time we're going to be doing an expansion to the previous episode where it was, what are the requirements for building mobile applications? This time we're going to look at, more specifically, picking the right mobile development technology for your needs. Uh, So what this entails is we're going to be looking a lot at uh, what exactly is native mobile application development, and then what exactly is hybrid mobile application development, And then how do you choose between the two or which ones are best for your business? Before jumping into the core material of this episode, I want to take some time to answer some questions that were sent in from the previous episode, being what are the requirements for building mobile applications? One subscriber asked, what version of all of your different development SDKs are required for building mobile applications? And that's, I think that's a pretty good question. I don't believe I answered that in the last episode. Uh, But let's break this down. So when it comes to Android, you're going to be using the Android SDK. And of course, there are many different versions of Android. I'd like to think that the necessary version uh, would be Android API 16 or higher. That's Android 4.1 and higher. I don't know the exact percentage of devices that are available in the world. Uh, But I'd like to think that at least 85% of the people in the world who have Android are using version uh, 16 or higher, so 4.1 or higher. When it comes to iOS, um, you should probably go ahead and start using iOS 9 as of right now uh, because iOS doesn't have the same problem that Android has in terms of what users are using what version uh, because Apple devices tend to not only upgrade uh, easier, but people are more inclined to get rid of their old iOS device in order to use, start using the new version. Now, when it comes to hybrid applications, things are a little different here uh, because not only are you worrying about the Android SDK and iOS SDK, but you're worrying about uh, development tool sets. Uh, so, for example, a lot of the hybrid technologies use what's called Node Package Manager, uh, which ships with Node.js. Uh, but there's a lot of different versions out there right now. So, for example, as of right now, Node.js is using Node.js 5.0. Uh, but there's also, before that, a 4.0. And then there's what I'm using, which is Node.js 0.12.7, which is a lot older. And where it's different is, in the older version, 0.12, that's the original Node.js before it combined forces with a community forked version um, and then created 4.0. But the thing is, a lot of these hybrid technologies don't support or they don't support well uh, Node.js 4 and 5. Uh, So that's where the older version comes in. So if you're developing mobile applications and not necessarily Node.js applications, it's perfectly acceptable to use this older version of Node.js. But if you have a server and you're running Node.js applications, yes, you probably should stick with the more recent version of Node.js. Uh, But of course, that's a server, not your local development machine, uh, which is why this older version, which what I'm using, 0.12.7, is perfectly acceptable. Another question that I received was, 
what is the best system to develop on? And that's really more of an opinion-based question. Uh, for one, I personally develop on a Mac, uh, but previously I developed using Ubuntu Linux. Uh, but it's perfectly acceptable to develop on a Windows machine. However, um, I actually prefer developing on the Linux, Unix-based systems like Mac and Ubuntu. Uh, because it actually, there's a lot more tools like, uh, say, Git or SSH. Uh, these tools come by default installed on these systems, whereas with Windows, you have to go through an extra amount of steps in order to uh, find them and, and get them set up and configured. I'm not saying it's particularly difficult to do. I'm just saying that it's more of a, I guess you can say, hassle in order to have this happen. Um, but don't let this deter you from using Windows. Um, it's a perfectly fine platform, and it's, I, as I can see, getting better with every release from Microsoft. Uh, but again, this is just really an opinion-based uh, answer uh, because there is no right or wrong answer to this question. Uh, it all comes down to opinion, and my opinion is I prefer developing on a Mac, uh, not just because I can develop iOS applications with it, but because the tools that are available to me uh, are already there and I don't have to jump through hoops. I wanted to keep the questions uh, fairly short this time around uh, so that way we can focus more on the actual main content of the episode. So I won't answer any more questions, uh, but know that I did, I did get other questions and they're all very good. Uh, so with that said, please enjoy the show. As you know, I'm a developer myself. I actually have several applications that I've released to the Android, uh, Google Play App Store, Amazon App Store, as well as the iTunes App Store. Um, so these are all mobile apps for different platforms being Android and iOS. Um, and they were actually built using different technologies. So I developed several applications using native Android. Uh, so I actually use Java uh, and the Android SDK. And then I actually uh, released some of these applications using hybrid technologies. So the, the applications that I made that were hybrid actually used uh, a framework called Ionic Framework, which I actually think is a really good framework. It's, it's one of the better ones out there uh, if you're looking at hybrid uh, mobile web. Uh, so of my applications, uh, I'll go ahead and give you some background on some of the native applications and, and my background as a mobile developer. Uh, so back in around 2011, I started uh, building my first mobile applications. I was a little late to the game. Uh, every uh, Mobile apps have been out for several years already at this point. Uh, but I, I got in and I decided I wanted to build a uh, database application uh, because at the time uh, I did a lot of database work, uh, relational databases. So I figured, hey, uh, well, a mobile application would probably help me in my daily functions. And it was a great way for me to pick up and start learning uh, how to develop mobile applications. And at this time, hybrid hybrid frameworks uh, like Apache Cordova and Ionic Framework and all these these other mobile web frameworks, uh, they either didn't exist yet or they, they were not very big. They weren't very good. Uh, so this is why I went straight into native application development. So this database application... Uh, that's actually my most popular one currently, uh, is called SQL Tool, and it allows you to connect to uh, various relational databases like MySQL, uh, Oracle, SQL Server, and run queries against them for your data. Uh, and that includes full DML support and stuff like that. And this application uh, is Android only. So I released it to Amazon and Google Play, 
uh, I did not make it for iOS. Uh, and this being because I don't know Objective C, I don't know Swift, and I didn't really want to take the time to learn it. Uh, because uh, for anyone, any anytime you got to learn a new technology, it, it's rough. Uh, so uh, SQL Tool uh, was my most popular one; it still is. And then when it comes to my hybrid applications, uh, which I actually started picking up in the year 2014, I actually released a few applications. Uh, my most popular one being OTP Safe. Uh, so this one is a one-time password manager that I released to uh, iTunes, Google Play, uh, and Amazon. And what it does is it allows you to uh, store one-time passwords uh, kind of like how the Google Authenticator app is. So for two-step verification and login. But the difference between my app and the app for uh, that Google released is my app actually synchronized with Dropbox. Uh, so if you had a Dropbox account, you could synchronize your one-time passwords cross-platform. So if you had an iPhone or an iPad, and then you also had an Android device, uh, you could share your one-time passwords between these devices uh, safely and securely because of the Dropbox uh, data store API. So that, that was my most popular hybrid application. Now, let me give you some background on how long it took me to develop each of these applications. So starting with SQL Tool, uh, because that was my earlier application for Android, uh, it actually took me around two months to make this application. So not, not necessarily too long, uh, but it, it was a long time. Uh, it definitely wasn't uh, a, a weekend project. Uh, so that brings me to the hybrid application that I built. Uh, OTP Safe that I released for both platforms actually took me around two days to make. So it was essentially a weekend project. Uh, and you can see that that's a significant difference between uh, releasing these two platforms uh, or these two technologies. Uh, so when it came to what was the most challenging with native development, why did it take me two months to make this app versus two days? Well, with Android, you have to worry a lot about threading uh, and asynchronous requests you have to worry about supporting multiple screen sizes and resolutions. You have to worry about a lot of stuff that you wouldn't necessarily have to worry about when building a mobile web application. Because when building a website, you make the website responsive, you use JavaScript to handle any kind of asynchronous requests. Uh, it just becomes a lot easier. There's a lot less that you have to take account for that you would in a native mobile technology. Now, I don't know if iOS is as complicated as Android is, because, of course, like I said earlier, I don't know how to develop native iOS applications. Uh, so I'm just going off of the assumption that iOS is as difficult as Android when it comes to uh, supporting the various screen sizes, supporting all of the threading, and handling all of the stuff that web technologies would be able to handle significantly easier. But that's getting a little ahead of ourselves. Um, I'm actually going to discuss uh, what some of the differences are, of course, between native and hybrid. Uh, but going a little bit further in my background here, you've, you know that I released applications to iTunes and uh, the various Android stores, but why didn't I pick up Windows Phone development? Uh, well, I like to think that I didn't pick up Windows Phone development for a few reasons. Well, one, I didn't feel like there was a large enough market for it. I know that the Windows Phone market is growing, and I know that there's a lot of 
diehard Windows Phone fans, and I'm not complaining about that. Windows Phone is, is a great platform. I even owned a Windows Phone at some point in time as well, and I liked it. Uh, but it wasn't enough for me to develop apps. In addition to this, I don't know C Sharp, which I believe right now is the native language of choice for developing Windows Phone applications. Now, you be, might be like, well, it sounds like you don't know a lot. Well, yeah, there's a lot of programming languages out there. I can't know everything. And even if I were to know, say, all of these languages, am I really going to be a master at all of these languages? Probably not. Uh, so that might bring you to the question, well, why don't you build a hybrid application for Windows Phone? Um, well, the reason why I didn't decide to do that is because even the hybrid technologies still have limited support when it comes to Windows Phone applications. Uh, they are supported to an extent, but not in the same sense that they are for Android and iOS. So it just made more sense for me to develop Android and iOS applications and just skip Windows Phone altogether. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I might not come back to it in the future. Uh, I'm going to keep an open mind. And who knows? Switching gears here, I'm going to go ahead and go deeper into each of these technologies. These technologies being native and these technologies being hybrid. So starting with native, I'm going to go a little deeper because you already know my background. You know that I've dabbled with both native and hybrid. Uh, so I have experiences in both worlds. So starting with native, I want to go ahead and say, well, what technologies are available or what, what is native actually in general? Uh, so I like to think of native mobile applications that are mobile applications that use programming languages and SDKs that Google, Apple, and Microsoft published. So these are the SDKs that each of these uh, mobile operating system providers want you to use for their applications on the App Store. So breaking down the technologies that are available for each of these platforms. Uh, so for Android, you, of course, have Java as the language of choice for the SDK. It may change in the future. I've heard rumors that maybe Dart will be the new language that Google puts out for the Android SDK. But I think these are just rumors at this point. Uh, for iOS, you actually have two different native languages to choose from. You have Objective-C and you have Swift. Windows Phone, you have C Sharp, and then there's a bunch of other uh, technologies as well, like other platforms. So Firefox has its own phone operating system. Ubuntu has its own phone operating system. Uh, BlackBerry, if you still count BlackBerry as a thing, uh, there's a bunch of other phone operating systems out there, uh, and they all have their own preferred SDKs and program programming languages. So where does native development succeed, or where do I think native development succeeds? I think the strongest point that native development has right now is that you can build blazing fast applications on all platforms and all device ranges. So, for example, with Android, you have a ton of different Android devices floating around the market right now. You have high-end devices, you have low-end devices. The spectrum is just so diverse uh, to be able to make an application that performs well on all of these diverse devices. Maybe you've got really crummy devices in uh, less established countries. Um, you want to be able to build an application that runs fine on their devices as well. So I think that it's a win that native 
SDKs, and native development technologies perform very well. I also like to go from the standpoint that there are unlimited possibilities as long as you know that particular language. So if you know, say, Java and the Android SDK, you, your options are limitless. You are not restricted to whatever plugins exist, uh, whatever libraries exist. If you know the technology, you can go ahead and build it. You have all of the resources you need to build your mobile applications. Uh, and that's a huge win as well, uh, because I'll be mentioning it again in the hybrid section, uh, where hybrid actually falls short, and it actually falls short in some of these areas. In terms of where does native development fall short, I mentioned it a little bit in my own experience, but for one, you have to know a different programming language per platform. You can't get by by knowing one language and have it work for all platforms. So you need to, of course, know Java, you need to know Objective-C or Swift, and you need to know C Sharp. And that's honestly a lot of different programming languages to know. And then when it comes to, say you, say you, for whatever reason, you know these programming languages, you build an app for all of these platforms. What happens when you have to support these platforms? It becomes an absolute nightmare because you have to support them in many different programming languages. I know I mentioned it as a win that native uh, development technologies perform well on all devices of the spectrum, but there is a negative that comes with that as well, and, and a, I guess you can call it a shortcoming that ends up on this list. Uh, there is a lot of device fragmentation, more so in Android. Again, I don't know too much about iOS, native iOS, uh, but I do know that there are uh, several different devices out there. Definitely not as much as Android. Android, you can have screen sizes. You could have a thousand different screen sizes um, or resolutions. Uh, there are far too many different uh, options available. And this becomes hard to support. Uh, so you have to worry about, will my application look good on all 1,000 of these devices? Will it perform well on all of these devices? Uh, what do I have to do to make sure that it works with these ancient operating systems uh, because these devices haven't been upgraded? Um, so there's a lot to take into consideration, uh, which can slow down your development process. It could uh, throw obstacles at you. Uh, and then, of course, this is only if, uh, if it truly matters to you. Maybe you only support uh, devices with a certain spec or devices with a certain operating system. Uh, that's part of your planning phase, uh, but let's just assume that you're trying to support as many as you can. It does become uh, difficult at some point in time. Now jumping into more along the lines of hybrid mobile application development, I'll talk about the, some of the pros and cons, what it's all about. But starting with what my opinion of hybrid application development is, or what I believe it to be. Um, so I think that mob, mobile hybrid application development is mobile development that commonly uses web development technologies or frameworks that offer cross-platform deployment using a single set of code. Uh, so with that said, here are some of the frameworks and technologies that I feel meet this criteria. So for example, there's Apache Cordova. Apache Cordova, uh, I believe, was at some point in time developed by Adobe uh, as their open source project. Uh, and then they, Adobe also had PhoneGap, which had a lot of 
paid services and enterprise stuff. I could be mistaken on this, uh, but I believe that's the, the story behind it. Uh, so Apache Cordova is the base technology, and then you have PhoneGap uh, that sits on top of it. You also have Ionic Framework that can sit on top of Apache Cordova. You can have Onsen UI uh, that can sit on top of Apache Cordova. You can have all of these front-end frameworks that sit on top of Apache Cordova. So Ionic Framework, PhoneGap, Onsen, they're all just front-end frameworks. They offer different uh, UI components, different uh, JavaScript frameworks. Uh, but the base behind the application is still Apache Cordova. Then you also have these other hybrid technologies uh, like Telerik NativeScript. So it does not use Apache Cordova. Uh, where this is different is you're actually developing applications that use a native UI. So you're not using a web view like Apache Cordova apps use. You're using native UIs. So how Apple and Google intended the interface to be. But you're still using JavaScript and you're still writing one code set that can be deployed across all of these platforms. So it's a little different. Uh, so like I said, Apache Cordova uh, uses a web view um, and it doesn't use native components. Uh, so this is where kind of the realm of is it truly hybrid because you're developing native interfaces so wouldn't that make it a native app uh, some will say that is a native app i however say that's not a native app you're still using web development technologies so you're still using javascript and to me that means it's still a hybrid uh, mobile web technology uh, so there are other uh, technologies which are kind of loosely along my criteria so you have Xamarin. Uh, Xamarin actually uses C-sharp, and it allows you to develop Android, iOS, and Windows Phone applications using C-sharp. And yeah, C-sharp isn't a web technology. So like I said, it, it loosely follows this criteria. Um, if anything, Xamarin might be more along the lines of a, of a native technology um, using their compilers. So it's all, it's all really how you interpret it. Um, like I said earlier, I, I find native application development to be development using the SDKs and programming languages that the three uh, power horses decided should be used. So the power horses being Apple, Microsoft, and Google, uh, but still all up to interpretation. Uh, in terms of uh, programming languages, I kind of brushed up on it. Uh, so for Telerik native script, you're actually using XML, JavaScript, and a subset of CSS. Uh, so you're using uh, partial web technologies. And then for these Apache Cordova applications using HTML, not XML, but you're using JavaScript and full CSS. So you can do anything that you can do pretty much in a web application. And then, of course, C Sharp for Xamarin. So where do all of these hybrid development technologies succeed, in my opinion? Well, for one, the major, major benefit is it's one set of code for all of these platforms. Uh, you, you saw from my experience with my uh, OTP Safe app, it took me two days and I was able to release it for both iOS and Android. That would never happen if I was developing native applications. Uh, so to be able to do that with one set of code, uh, that leaves you with very maintainable code. It works for all of these platforms. It's now pretty much a necessity to release for every platform out there. Uh, so it, it's a huge win. Uh, and 
you're using a technology that you probably already know because I don't want to say all developers, but I'm going to say a lot of developers already know uh, web technologies uh, as part of their uh, programming portfolio. So where do these hybrid development technologies fall short? Well, a lot of them, because a lot of them are Apache Cordova, because Apache Cordova has been around for a very long time, use web views. And web views are not the fastest thing in the world. Uh, they're getting better because all of these fast devices and, and upgraded operating systems are using Chromium views or just better better web browser technologies that can better parse through uh, HTML and JavaScript. Uh, but like I said, there's a lot of diverse devices out there, and not all of them are created equal. So there will be some trouble. You can always install third-party uh, software. Like uh, there's, if you're using Apache Cordova, you can use what's called Crosswalk, which makes it run better on Android. But it also comes with a price, the price being that it adds a very large amount of size to your final application. So you could potentially be turning a 5 megabyte application into a 50 megabyte application. So you have to figure out what, what's worth it to you. And then on a different aspect, besides web views, you're also dealing with plugins. So when it comes to hybrid technologies, a lot of times people don't know the native code behind these technologies. Uh, so they don't know Java, they don't know the Android SDK, they don't know Objective-C, they don't know Swift. Uh, so they're really dependent on the plugins that exist out there already in the community. If the plugin doesn't exist, or the plugin is very crummy or not very good, you're kind of at a loss because you yourself probably don't know how to develop a plugin for yourself. You're very dependent. Um, there are a lot of plugins for these, these hybrid technologies, I'm not going to lie, uh, but a lot of these plugins are not very good. I've run into plenty of problems with them, and it, from what I've heard other people saying, uh, they're very vocal about the plugins being a terrible part of hybrid application development. Now that you know my opinions on native and hybrid technologies, and you've gained a little bit more perspective about the two, uh, you're probably asking, well, how, how should I choose uh, which technology is best for me? Which one should I go out and learn if you haven't already learned one? Um, and that, that could honestly be broken up into uh, many different factors. But let me start by saying that both native and hybrid, they're both really, really good. So you're not necessarily going to go wrong with either. Uh, you're not going to be like, oh man, that, that was a terrible decision. Um, no, I, I really don't think that's going to be your scenario. Uh, but if you have to go about choosing, uh, what you should probably do is, well, first, are you working as part of a company? Uh, how many developers are on your team and what are their skills? If you have developers on your team that know Android and iOS and, and Windows Phone, maybe put those skills to good use. Maybe go and make native applications. But if you're a, an independent developer like myself, or you're on a small team, or your team doesn't have a lot of money, uh, maybe, maybe consider hybrid technologies. Uh, so that's one way of looking at it. Another uh, thing to look at is, well, what regions of the world are you planning on supporting? Uh, for devices. So I mentioned earlier 
that not all countries have very fast devices. Some of them are using very old or very slow, low-spec devices. Uh, if these are your target audience, um, chances are that they may not be able to run your hybrid applications very well. Uh, in this case, maybe you do want to go native. Maybe you have to put that extra investment in. But if your target audience is, is one of the major countries out there that have all of this high-tech uh, I won't I won't list any, but there are plenty of countries that have majority of high tech. Uh, then maybe consider hybrid because they'll be able to run your application without issues. Um, another thing is, well, are you prototyping? Are you trying to just demonstrate your idea to say, hey, I, I have this app idea. I want to go ahead and see if it's um, plausible. Uh, if you're prototyping, maybe consider a hybrid technology. You, you heard it from me. I built that app in two days versus two months. Uh, so if you're trying to get something out really quick to try to see if your idea is plausible, maybe use a hybrid technology. Um, so moral of the story here is you should pick uh, a technology based on the needs of your application, not the framework or technology. Uh, so again, I'll, I'll say it again, uh, both ways to develop mobile applications, whether you're using a native language or a hybrid language, I don't think you're going to be disappointed and you'll probably end up with a really good application in the end. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed my podcast episode regarding picking the right mobile development technology for your needs. We covered a lot of ground. I started off by talking about my application development experience and how I developed both native and hybrid applications. I talked about the pros and cons of mobile applications that are native and I talked about the pros and cons of mobile applications that are hybrid. Uh, n neither are perfect. Uh, there are benefits to both, and then there are negatives to both. So in the end, I talked about, well, how should you choose between the technologies? And I gave you honest answers. Now, I know many of you probably have questions regarding the stuff that I talked about, and I want to hear your questions. So if you go to blog.nraboy, dot com slash podcast hyphen questions and go ahead and fill out the form and send me that question. I'll try to answer that question in the next podcast episode. Uh, you could also go ahead and check out my blog, uh, which is just blog.enraboy.com, or you can check out my YouTube channel. Uh, both will have some pretty good developer material, a lot on mobile technologies. If you downloaded this episode from iTunes, it would mean a lot to me if you went in and left me a five-star rating or review. It doesn't take a lot of time to do, and it'll allow other people searching iTunes to more easily find this podcast. This podcast is, of course, free, and I really do want to make sure that anyone who listens to it really benefits from it, and I really feel that I have a lot of great information to share. And that concludes episode number two.